And this time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portions of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Shmini. Parshas Shmini, according to the Chino, contains 17 mitzvos, 6 positive and 11 negative. In addition, we take out a second Sefer Torah, the Shabbos, and we read from Parshas Pura. I'd like to connect the two, the Parsha of Shmini and Parshas Pura, in the following way. Parshas Shmini can be conveniently divided into three parts. The opening part deals with, literally, the euphoria, the dedication of the Mishkan. We spent five weeks reading about the readying, the building, and preparation for God's literally moving in to the community of man. And it takes place in this week's parsha, whereby the Torah tells us at the end of chapter 9, literally the entire nation sees how the fire descends from heaven. It consumes the korban on the altar, on the Mizbeach. The last phrase of chapter 9, Vayar kol ha'om vayoronu, the entire nation saw this, they sang, and vayiplu alpinehem, and they fell upon their faces. Then comes the second part. Unfortunately, the day which was such a special, happy day, was marred by the death of Aaron's two older sons, Nadav and Avihu, because they brought an Esh Zorah. Our rabbis understand this to mean literally a fire which was alien, not commanded by Hashem, and whatever it is that they had done wrong, the common denominator is that they meant well, but when it comes to religious service, it has to be Hashem es Moshe. It has to be as God commanded, and not simply based upon the whim of man. That if I have intoxicating beverage, if I bring instruments, all different things, man might mean well. But the Torah is teaching us very clearly and very concisely that it has to be what and only that which God has commanded. The third part of Parshas, Shmini, deals with the laws of Kashrus, our diet, where the Torah is teaching us that it doesn't only affect our body, but it affects our soul as well. 
I'd like to focus on that middle part whereby what is the response of Aharon to this tragedy. And the Torah tells us in two words, Vayidom Aharon, and Aharon was silent. Now the question is, how to look upon the silence of Avraham, of Aharon. It's not simply an acceptance and resignation on his part, but if I may, in quoting the Tzror Hamor brought down by the Shari Aaron, Aaron had the capacity to understand that while he didn't understand, this is God's will. And to prove that he is in this state of acceptance of God's will, immediately thereafter, the Torah tells us that Hashem communicates with Aharon, rewards him for his silence by God speaking to him and giving him the particular prophecy and laws that a Kohen is not to imbibe and drink um, any intoxicating wine prior to his performing the service in the Beis HaMikdash. Now, our rabbis teach us that in order for a prophet to receive prophecy, one of the prior conditions is that he be in a state of simcha, that he be in a state of literally joy, happiness. And Aaron is able to accept a prophecy because he realizes that whatever God does is ultimately for the best, even though he cannot understand it. And this is such an important concept. And this, I believe, is very much connected to Parshas Pora. What is the second Torah reading that we have this Shabbos. Parshas Pura comes from chapter 19 in the fourth book of the Torah, whereby the Torah teaches us Zos Chukas HaTorah. This is literally the law, and we know that a chuk is a law without a reason that we can understand. And the Torah basically tells us that an individual who has been either under the same roof as a deceased dead body, namely someone who has gone to a funeral, someone who has touched a dead body, those men and women who are part of the Hevra Kadisha, so by virtue of their touching a dead body, being under the roof, with the same roof as the dead body, they become Tameh. They become literally, ritually impure. And somebody in this state of impurity, they cannot enter the Beis HaMikdash, nor can they partake of Karbonos, of the literally, the offerings brought in the Beis HaMikdash. Now, that Purim is behind us and Pesach is coming, the Torah is telling us you must prepare for Pesach by removing your impurity. There's only one way 
that this impurity can be removed, and that is by having the ashes and water of the red heifer, the pora aduma, sprinkled on the individual on day three and day seven of their personal count. Then they, and only then do they go to the mikvah afterwards, and then they are able to enter the temple and resume the eating of korbanos. And because partaking of the korban Pesach, the paschal lamb, on the night of the Pesach Seder is such a significant positive commandment, we have a reading of Parshas Porah reminding everybody that Pesach is coming, and even though we don't yet have the Beis Migdosh and we don't yet have the Parah Duma, the Red Heifer, we read about it in the spirit of Unashama Parims Fasenu, showing God, showing ourselves how much we pine for this, and please God, it will be coming speedily in our day. This is the practical aspect as to why we have the Parah, Parshas Parah, on the Shabbos before Parshas HaChodesh. However, I believe that there is a very significant philosophical point that we should address regarding Parshas Parah, and that is as follows. Interestingly, as I heard from one of my teachers, what do we have with the Parah Aduma? We have the red heifer, and basically, teaching us a response to death. Now, where do we find earlier in the Torah something read and a response to death? We find it in Parshas Toldos. In chapter 25, in the book of Bereshis, the Torah tells us that Esav comes back from the field for who are and he is especially tired. And, listen carefully, Yaakov prepares a soup. What color was it? So you'll say, oh, what's the difference? But we know Esav got the name Edom, which means red, because he asks his brother Yaakov for some of that red porridge, that red soup. Now why does Yaakov make this red soup? So it's a lentil soup and Rashi tells us an entire amazing medrash that this was the day that Avraham died and Yaakov prepared a suudas havra'a for his father Yitzchak, namely the meal of transition from after the burial to the formal period of shiva of mourning. At this meal, Yaakov prepared lentils. Why? Because of its um, shape, namely the size of and the shape of the lentil, it is circular and without a mouth. No complaints, says Rashi, that we see that our practice of eating a hard-boiled egg when the mourners 
come back from the cemetery. Rashi lived approximately a thousand years ago. He cites this custom to teach us for the identical reason that the egg as well ain la peh. It has no mouth and it is a galgal, that complete sphere which are without an opening. Therefore, the idea is how are we to respond to death? So watch. Esav responds to death by saying, I can't believe it. My grandfather Avraham was such a good guy. It can't be that there's a God. And therefore, as a result of this phenomena, whereby man seems to be utterly defeated by death, Esav goes the wrong way. Esav draws the wrong conclusion. His conclusion is, eat, drink, and be merry, because after all, tomorrow we die, and when we die, it's all over. As far as Esav is concerned, what's happened here is, this is metame tohorim. Unfortunately, this led him in the wrong direction. Yaakov takes the opposite response from it. To Yaakov, this is metahir. This purifies. How so? Yaakov realizes that this is not the end. This is, Yaakov realizes that his grandfather has been gathered unto his people. What does that mean? It means that there still is a connection between the soul of the departed and those that are left behind. It means, as the Mishnah tells us in Avos, that you are to literally focus on three phenomena, and this will keep you from sin. This will bring you close to God. Da, Risha, remember where you come from and to whom you're going, and you're going to have a relationship, and that relationship is with your Father in Heaven. And therefore, the same response of death can go one way or the other. And we know Lo'alenu, and we're not judging anybody, but after the Shoah, there were those that took a response and said, God forbid, but where was God? And therefore, they led a certain lifestyle afterwards. And others in the exact same situation, who saw how literally Miyichia and Miyamus and those that were saved were saved miraculously, and they realized that they saw God in that same phenomena. So the same situation could be a Matame or a metaher, bring a person closer or unfortunately the other way. And so, in keeping with Parshas Shmini, in keeping with Vayidom Aaron, in keeping with the Talmud in Brachos 54a, the Mishnah teaches us, Chayav Adam Levarech Al person is obligated to literally bless God for tragedies, kishem, just as shemavorech alatova, that he blesses God for the good. And what does that mean? Says the Gemara in Daf Samach Amibay's 60b. What does that mean? It means, says the Gemara, lekablinu, he should accept this besimcha. Now, this is such 
a challenging aspect, but it means, and that's why we have to remind ourselves with Parshas Pura, that death is part of life, and death is not something which is all-encompassing. We recognize that the soul lives on, and this is such an important concept that in our preparation for Pesach, it's not only trying to get that Cheerio from under the refrigerator, but the more, forgive me, important kind of preparation for the person to understand that God is involved in our lives while we live, after we live as well. And this is Parshas Pura, and this is giving us a healthy response to life and to death. Shabbat Shalom to all.